The Last Word with Matt Cooper. And from Culture Club, I'm delighted to say we're joined by our new presenter of Lunchtime on Today FM from next Monday, Louise Cantlin. Congratulations. And thanks for bringing me on. I feel very honoured. Okay, of course you're not new to the station. You've been around here now. How long at this time? Yeah, just like a year and a half. Okay, from the weekends and then doing things on cover during the week. So finally, you're on weekday, me. sure. That's <laughs> well, okay. Is well, listen, it? best of luck with that. What can we expect on the programme? Yeah, this is it. So uh, it's a work in progress, but I think it'll be crack, kill, feel good lunchtime. I mean, lunch is a little break in everybody's day to have a bit of fun. And that's what we'll be doing on oh. that slot. So yeah, Biggie Lynn. Okay, let's talk about all your culture club choices. And of course, music is such a major thing for you. Cast your mind back. I don't know whether you were a singles person. You're probably way too young for singles. What's the first thing you can remember buying? Yeah, so I actually, I remember this vividly. In the Crescent Shopping Centre in Limerick, there was a Golden Discs, or was it called MTV or something like that? You know that? No, HMV. HM- Obviously not MTV. <laughs> HMV. And I, I remember buying Avril Lavigne's single, Skater Boy, and not alone did I buy the single, but I actually proceeded to, and I'm embarrassed to admit this, buy a pair of purple fingerless gloves because she made the fingerless glove cool and uh, yeah thought I could get away with that now in my defence I was only young I was a tomboy I was about 10 or 11 and uh, I thought that Avril Lavigne was the business Okay, you actually, you say purple fingerless gloves, you have very purple fingernails now as well. There you go, thank God I've grown out <laughs> of my, my um, yeah, my, my grow for wearing fingerless gloves. They're not a look that I think suit many, but uh, definitely in Avril Lavigne's time, that and purple hair extensions was the business. You had those, did you? Not, I'm sure I was up too young for them now at the time, but uh, yeah, it was bizarre. But do you remember, you know the single? No, I'm going to have to hear it. that about because that one has passed me by (laughs) I think it was like 2002 maybe Um, you do remember Avril Lavigne and her skateboard she had like the baggy jeans with the chains hanging off them honestly like everything Britney Spears wasn't she was Uh, she made yeah she was kind of like a bad girl you know but at that time, I believed your main thing, though, was actually a copy of Now 53. Yes, this is what I remember the most, actually paying €8 Euro at the time, which was expensive enough, right, to a, a really industrious sixth-class pupil. She was the class ahead of me. I was in fifth class. And uh, I paid her that to burn me a copy of Now 53. And I feel like that was the soundtrack of my sixth-class awkward years. And, uh, yeah. What would have been on that? Like, DJ Sammy Heaven was track number one. Um, absolute tune. Do you know it? No. Okay. I can't. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a lot of these are really going to pass me by. Ah, uh, Matt. Okay. Atomic Kitten, Tide is High. Tide is High. But That's an old Boney M song, is it? Well, oh, Blondie. Sorry, Blondie, Blondie song. You're right. Yeah. yeah. Okay. But remember, remember Atomic Kitten? Kerry Katona? 
Well, I know who Carrie Catone Well, she was yes. one of the three. Okay. They were like, UK's answer to, I don't know, Destiny's Child, <laughs> can I okay. say that? Um, Sugar Babes, Round Round, Coldplay in My Place. Not one, Okay, Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles. I, something's gone wrong with that year for me. I don't remember any of that ah, music. Really? <laughs> okay, right. And now I'm chastened, so maybe we'll go to some of your other music choices. Oh my goodness, I, tell me that you know... Okay, you know... You don't know Atomic Hit and Tide as I. No, you said you knew that one. Yeah, I know that Just one. about. Just about, yeah. But I know the Blondie version. I'll, do you know what I'll do? I'll bring you in the copy of it if I can root it out. It's all right, you're okay, <laughs> Louise. Seriously, it's fine. Thank you. Oh. Okay, right, let's move on. So, uh, favourite album? Okay, so I chose Mumford & Sons' um, Awake. No, sorry, I ch- Sign No More is the album and I chose Awake My Soul as my favourite song from the album. Um, I feel like Mumford & Sons, like... That album w- was the soundtrack to my formative years of like finishing my leaving cert in Laurel Clough and Limerick, moving to Cork. I went to UCC to study PE teaching in Irish, and uh, I was so young. I was only seventeen when I did my leaving cert and moved away. So I'm also the eldest in my family, the eldest of four girls. So having that freedom, like moving out of the family home, which was madness and full of younger people, to the freedom of an apartment in Cork, um, I feel like that was the soundtrack of those years. Let's hear a little bit of Mumford and Sons' Awake My Soul from the album Sign No More. How fickle my heart and how woozy my eyes I struggle to find any truth in your lies And now my heart stumbles on things I don't know My weakness I feel I must finally show Just let you fall Lend me your eyes I can change what you see But your soul You must keep Totally free Have you ever got to see them live? Yes, and I know we're going to come to the question about the best gig I was ever at. So I think this kind of goes hand in hand with the reason I chose that as my favourite album. Um, I was really lucky in the March of sixth year of secondary school to be invited along to a gig in Dolan's. Dolan's is such a brilliant venue in Limerick. We're blessed to have it. And they have an amazing knack at getting artists before they really take off to come and perform. So over the years, some amazing bands have performed in Dolan's before they've really made the big time. And uh, yeah, Mumford and Sons were one such band. A friend of mine at the time brought us all along. It was a Thursday night of our leaving cert and she was like, I actually remember it so well at the time. She plays as a session violinist and her sister was playing with the opening act and she was like, these lads are really good. They're from the UK and they've got some song about a lion. It's really catchy, which went on to be Little Lion Man. That was such a big hit the following year. But uh, we saw them in Dolan's up close and personal. I remember, do you know the way you'd go out? This was after like um, disposable cameras, but the digital ones you'd tie to your wrist. Yes. And I have an album load of a thousands photos of Marcus Mumford, like 
you know, standing, I could have touched him with my hand. And uh, it was such a magical night. Do you know when you see a band live and you just know something magical has happened? Um, it was a beautiful experience. And I think I fell in love with Mumford & Sons and the banjo because what an instrument. Like, okay. Can I redeem myself by saying I've seen them live well? I think it was in Whelan's here in Dublin that I saw them. What did you think? I, that's about all I can remember. <laughs> Mad! Are they too folky for you? See, Let's move on to your other, what's your on. other favourite gigs that you've been at? Oh, my other, like, I thought, yeah, close second. Again, another great night in Dolan's. This was actually more recent, uh, 2022. Uh, it was actually the day of my birthday, right? I remember going along to a Paolo Nutini gig and not so much the gig that sticks with me, but the after session. Uh, so the gig finished in the milk market and we ended up coming back to Dolan's again. Shout out. It's a great pub in Limerick um, for a few drinks after the gig. And we ended up in a lock-in with Paolo Nutini himself. It was me, Declan and husband. yeah, I, I can't say that H word. When does it become normal? Oh, you're married a few months now. Yeah, I know. It's so strange, isn't it? No. It's a very heavy hitter of a word. I'm not ready for it. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, randomly with us at the time as well, for all the dubs tuning in, was Jack McCaffrey and his then girlfriend. Uh, so we came along, we went for a few drinks thinking nothing and uh, who was there? Only Paolo Nutini and Matt. Like, I can't even show you the behind the scenes videos because I'm too embarrassed. But we had a sing song with Paolo Nutini and Dolan's. Like, I mean, come on. Let's hear a little bit of Paolo Nutini. Jenny, don't be hasty. Paolo Nutini, your second favourite gig that you're at. So we asked you your favourite album. You gave us Mumford and Sons. So who would be the favourite singer or band? Yeah, this changes all the time. Like, do you have a constant? Yeah, yeah. You do? Mm. I don't yet, I don't think. Like, my Spotify rap this year told me that my favourite artist this year was Lana Del Rey. Um, and do you know why I think that was? Because the beginning of the year, I moved to Dublin on my own and I was listening to all this sad girl music because I kind of like to be cathartic. And, you know, sometimes when you just want to be a little bit lonely, you listen to kind of lonely music so you can lean more into the emotion. Okay. Am I strange in thinking that? Am no. I alone? Um, I, I have really liked Fred again in recent times, but I like the Killers are a band I find myself always going back to. I had a mega crush on Brandon Flowers um, all the way through college and I've seen them a few times live and I love them a lot. Um, but also, also love Irish folk and trad and I've written in my notes here and I'm just going to say it out loud because I think it's gas. I find myself on occasion going to bed with Earl Lenord because I, I think his soothing dulcet tones could soothe any soul and no matter what's wrong with you, he's the great, the greatest antidote. Well, I tell you, it's a bit of music that we've cut is Fred again. So tell us why you like Fred again. Why did you cut Fred again? 
because that's what we did. We have a bit of Fred again, adore you. Oh, sorry, you mean you've caught him in? Not yeah, caught him out. We've oh, caught off his music to play. Oh, sorry, I thought you meant you were sorry, cutting him out. I don't use out. the DJ <laughs> phrases, perhaps. Okay, but we have a cut of audio. Oh, lovely! You have a clip of him. Um, Fred again. What a guy! Like, I mean, he has kind of come on the scene like out of nowhere. I think his music uh, became really prominent during lockdowns and pandemics. He was producing online using clips of videos that were going viral at the time and uh, it's just I think his story for a DJ for a producer he tells brilliant stories through his music and I think there's the Irishness in me loves a bit of a scale and loves a story that loves a song that tells a story one of my daughters said he was the absolutely outstanding actor this year or last year's electric picnic as it is now 2023 let's hear adore you I came first go ahead That was a great cut now that you decided to cut in, Matt. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'm supposed to call it Clip in Future, am <laughs> no, I? No, 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 I love it. Uh, he's good, isn't he? That's very good. Yeah. That is very, very good. Okay, we need to take a break. We'll come back with more of Louise Cantlin in The Culture Club after this break. Welcome back. Louise Cantlin, our new presenter on Lunchtime on Today FM, is going to her favourites in The Culture Club. And we've done all the music but we've got lots of other things to get through. Movies, plays, books, television shows. And let's start with movie. What's your nomination as favourite movie? I always answer this as Notting Hill because I love it and I go back to it every time and I know I'm such a sap and I love the love and I can't help it because I feel... It brings me such joy each and every time. Matt. You would only have been a child when that came out. I, and you know what? Even then, I think there was part of me that loved it. I loved the love. Loved Julia Roberts films and I love Hugh Grant. And uh, yeah, I will even still, I, I, just think, I just think it's a gorgeous film. Let's hear a little bit when Hugh Grant's character William gives Anna, played by Julia Roberts, the reasons why their relationship won't work. <laughs> the thing is, with you, I'm in real danger. It seems like a perfect situation apart from that foul temper of yours <laughs> but my relatively inexperienced heart would I fear not recover uh, if I was once again cast aside as I would absolutely uh, expect to be uh, there are just too many pictures of you too many films <laughs> you know you'd go and I'd be uh, well buggered That really is real now, is it? I live in Notting Hill. You live in Beverly Hills. Everyone in the world knows who you are. My mother has trouble remembering my name. Fine. Fine. Good decision. Good decision. The fame thing isn't really real, you know. 
don't forget. I'm also just a girl. Standing in front of a boy. Asking him to love her. Iconic. <laughs> Famous line, all right, yeah. Spoiler alert, that all works out fine in the end, doesn't oh, it? Oh, absolutely. It's such a stunning love. That last scene, you know, where they're lying in the park together and she's pregnant. I'm like, oh, it's perfect. Matt, come on. Does it not pull at your heartstrings? Let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, can I ask you a cork question as well? Yeah, as a cork man, how do you say film? Film. Oh, I'm blessed. Right? I have you in there. Are you a film as well? Yeah, I'm film. Yeah. Oh, thank God, us culties are together on that. <laughs> hey, hang on, hold on, hold on. I'm from Cork City. And I'm reclaiming the word culty. So before you thought that was derogatory. <laughs> yeah, hold on. Yeah, but I mean, like, this difference between your city and country. I'm from Cork City. I said culty, not country. <laughs> hang on now, yourself. <laughs> okay, give us a favourite play or musical theatre show. Yeah, this is tough. I wish I went to more musical theatre or just theatre in general, but I've been to a good few shows on at the West End or on Broadway. And for me, the standout is um, seeing The Lion King on Broadway. It's just, it's class. What's so class about it? Oh, everything. I feel like for me as well, I grew up with The Lion King being like a Disney film of my youth. So I think of gorgeous memories like going to the cinema with my dad, seeing it with my sisters, you know, so many tunes on the soundtrack I still love and have gorgeous memories attached to. So I think seeing it on the stage performed on Broadway, that for anyone who's been, you know, the cast come from behind the crowd, they kind of, these big elephants and giraffe w- walk up through the uh, theatre and onto the stage. And it's it's so magical and any age, I think, to see it live. Let's hear a little bit of The Lion King. I just can't wait to be king. Everybody look left. Everybody look right. Everywhere you look, I'm standing in the spotlight. People have nominated The Lion King on Culture Club previously, but I don't think any of them have similar stories that you can tell about having seen Hamlet at the Everyman in Cork during your leaving search year. This is mental, right? So I was trying to rack my brains of like the last time I'd been in a theatre. It hasn't been that long ago, I promise, but this is a standout moment. So in sixth year, I went to Laurel Hill Clóshta get that shout in in Limerick City. Uh, we were all carted down to Cork to watch Hamlet because it was our you know, studied work we were doing yeah. Shakespeare for the Leaving Search. So anyway, uh, got to the Everyman, w- the play began and Hamlet came out and we were, you know, a few scenes in and there is a there's a scene where Hamlet is fencing and he's in a fencing battle. And uh, anyway, on stage in front of us, the Hamlet gets stabbed in the eye, okay? So we all thought obviously for this real. was part for real. We thought it was part of obviously the the production and he went down on the stage on the floor and like holding his eye he was weeping and howling and you know to the point where people were like oh this is, he's a really good actor like this is so believable um, and honestly it was a curtains moment the curtains had to come down the director came out and was like it's all over so as far as I'm concerned that's how Hamlet dies <laughs> I'm joking um, but we went back to school obviously we were delighted because you know it meant we'd, uh, we'd to wait for the bus to drive us back to Limerick so we'd a few hours free in Cork City and uh, the following day would you believe the story made the New York Times 
Yeah, I do vaguely remember this because it was a serious injury for the actor concerned. And I'm pretty sure there's been a lot to follow from it. And uh, yeah, it was mental. But to be there in the audience on the day, I'm not laughing. Sorry, I shouldn't be laughing, but mental. Okay. What an experience. It was. No, tell us about books and authors. What are you going for? So I chose Harry Potter because, again, I feel like these are the books of my youth and the first like series of books I really stuck with from like, you know, being maybe in my early like 10 and 11, 12 years old to like almost, you know, into 15 and 16 year old. They were coming out constantly. The and the books evolved out. as well, didn't they? I mean, the sort of even the writing and the storytelling changed over the years. A yeah, bit, didn't completely. It? And I think like I'm 30 now, so I feel like as I was growing up, the Harry Potter characters were growing up as well. So you're kind of coming to age with the books. And uh, yeah, I, I just found everything about them magical. I remember um, when the second book, The Chambers of... Cha- I remember when the second book, The Chamber of Secrets, came out, um, Richard Harris did a signing in Limerick City. Of course, one of Limerick's most famous ever sons. Big time. And he did a meet and greet in O'Mahony's uh, bookshop on O'Connell Street. And my sister and I, Neave, and a neighbour of ours, dressed up as little witches. And we went in at 4am in the morning to queue up to meet Richard Harris. And, you know, it's such a prized possession. I still have a photo of us sitting with him, having our Chamber of Secrets book signed. And, uh, like, how magical is that as a young person? And in your own city as well. Was he nice to everybody? So lovely. So lovely. Good. Let's hear a little bit of Harry Potter. Stephen Fry reading from the audiobook of Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone, which is the original book, the first of the series, where Harry finds out for the first time that he's a wizard. Hagrid stared wildly at Harry. But you must know about your mum and dad, he said. I mean, they're famous. You're famous. What? My... My mum and dad weren't famous, were they? You don't know. You don't know. Hagrid ran his fingers through his hair, fixing Harry with a bewildered stare. You don't know what you are, he said finally. Uncle Vernon suddenly found his voice. Stop, he commanded. Stop right there, sir. I forbid you to tell the boy anything. A braver man than Vernon Dursley would have quailed under the furious look Hagrid now gave him. When Hagrid spoke, his every syllable trembled with rage. You never told him? Never told him what was in the letter Dumbledore left for him? I was there. I saw Dumbledore leave it, Dursley. And you've kept it from him all these years? Kept what from me? said Harry eagerly. Stop! I forbid you! yelled Uncle Vernon in panic. Aunt Petunia gave a gasp of horror. Ah, go boil your heads, both of ye, said Hagrid. Harry, you're a wizard. Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone by J.K. Rowling, read by Stephen Fry. So, favourite television? Sorry, are you skipping the Irish book? Oh, sorry. Reverse back up there for a second till we shout out on Talonach. Oh, God, tell us what on <laughs> Talonach is, please. Sorry, Matt, now, I feel like I'm tearing into the Gaelga, but I want to tell you about this book, right? Because this is also published in English for anyone who won't be able to read it off Gaelga, and it's called The Island Man. Have you heard of that in English? No. Okay, well, it's about a man who lived in the Blasket Islands, and uh, it's stunning off Gaelga, but it's equally beautiful in 
English. Um, it's written by Tomaso Cremon and uh, this was the first big novel I read on my own independently, Os Gaelge. And that's hard enough, even for someone who studies Gaelge, you know, at a university level. And Why is I, it hard? Because, you know, it, it's old Irish and it's Kerry dialect. It's Munster dialect Irish. There's obviously Connemara and Donegal, but this is written in Irish that isn't maybe as like... Uh, easy to understand as the Isn't Irish. Isn't that what we all have to learn with Peg? Okay, but what a, what a queen was she? Do we celebrate Peg? Yes, we do. Um, anyway, I just think this is a book that is always a really important one to me. It's a, like full of love and magic and the Irish language and Dingle and everything that makes us Irish and that we should celebrate. And I wish more people knew about it because reading that was almost actually equally as magical an experience as reading the Harry Potter books. Fair enough. Now we get to television. <laughs> and you're saying anything on TG Carr? Absolutely. On Tower Fods. Hop TG Carr. Uh, I love watching Irish programmes and seeing people uh, produce, present, direct shows. Look at the joy and success we had last year at the Oscars. Well, yeah, last year, 2023, with um, Unhalin Kewen. Did you see The Quiet Girl? No. Okay. I haven't yet. You need it. to go and see it. Um, Banshees of Inishirin, I know that's in. That's us, Berila. But again, celebrating our country, celebrating the amazing storytellers that we have. Um, I think TG Cahar do it incredibly well. But then you binge watch, I see, from a lengthy list you've provided to us. <laughs> Great shows like Ozark on Netflix, yeah. which I thought was terrific. What else do you have? Okay, I liked uh, Sex Education. Have you watched that? Not yet. It's good. I really liked that. I thought it was a good watch. Um, maybe because I was a moon thrower in a former life. Um, it's based in a school. It's coming of age and it's like normalising the chat, normalising the fact that maybe sex education has been a taboo subject in schools for a while and it's done really well in that programme. Um, did you see It's a Sin on BBC? Again, one that I missed and everyone has said it was terrific. Oh, you must go back. So actually, Ali Alexander is the main character and I'm a big fan of Eurovision. He's just been selected to represent the UK in this year's Eurovision. So we'll be hearing a lot about him, I think, in the coming months. Uh, so it's a good time to go back and to watch It's, it's a Sin. Um, it's really well made. It's about five um, young friends navigating life with AIDS um, in the 80s as gay men. And it's just brilliant. It's really good. Um, Umbrella Academy. I love things that are kind of fantasy and magic. I love Lord of the Rings. So Robbie Sheehan is in Umbrella Academy. and he, the Rebels. He did... Uh, well, he's a Midlands man. Sorry, is he, I'm, he's, he's from Cork. No, he's not. He's Robert Sheehan. Yeah, he's from the Midlands. Who am I thinking of? I don't know who you're thinking of, but Robbie Sheehan is from the Midlands. And he did the Culture Club previously in here as well. Sorry, he is, but this is going to wreck my head. Who am I thinking of? The I don't know, I can't read your mind. No, you do know. <laughs> Who's the other guy, the other famous actor from Cork who looks a bit like him? Oh, I'm not going to think of it anyway. How annoying. Okay, he's okay. from the Midlands. What was his Culture Club? What did he say? Oh, I can't remember. We've done so many culture clubs, but he was great fun, very enjoyable character. And Lord of the Rings is the other. You're not thinking Sorry, you're thinking of Killian Murphy. No, are you? I'm not thinking of Killian Murphy. Or Jonathan Reese Myers? No, maybe. Anyway, we're going to end up having to cut that out. Robert <laughs> or not. No, what a good looking guy. I, can we just add that? Beautiful eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Did you watch Umbrella Academy? No, it's another one I have to give. You're asking me oh, all the Matt. time, have I asked for you or we, I watched for you watch? We have nothing in common, <laughs> I'm realising. We have Ozark, all. we have Ozark. Except the way we pronounce the word film. <laughs> <laughs> and what about The Deepest Breath? Oh yes, can we talk about this? Yeah, I'm not familiar with this, so tell me about it. You must, you must go and watch this on Netflix. It's uh, another one that's Irish made. Um, 
unbelievable. It, it was produced and uh, it directed by an Irish producer and director and it also features an Irish man who was basically a coach to free divers. Okay, I don't want to give too much away. Oh, sorry, I know exactly have what you, you mean. Have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it, but I know exactly what you oh, mean. Oh, yes. it's, it's very gripping. Um, I didn't know a lot about the world of free diving and it blew my mind actually that people are bonkers enough to have a passion for doing this. It's really like you know, living close to the edge. Let's actually hear a clip of this. And this is where they explain the arch, which is part of the blue hole and is regarded as the most dangerous dive spot in the world. This is the dive that unlocked something within herself, a fearlessness that she didn't know was there. It made her the best free diver in the world. With the arch, you've got to know if you're ready for it. It's a really deceiving place to dive. You have to find the exit. If you aren't able to see it clearly for any reason, you're basically on your own. And if something does go wrong, there's no way to come up. There's 30 meters of rock over your head. Okay, that's the deepest breath. Um, Let's move to what you watched growing up. And you had a hero growing up, I believe. <laughs> Big time, yeah. Like, I mean, I was saying to Orla when she was putting together the notes for this, our house wasn't great for telemat midweek. We didn't really ever have more than the four channels. And uh, like, I grew up in the 90s. So, I mean, we just, we didn't watch a lot of telly as a family midweek. Weekends were a big time for the telly. Uh, but a, a particular program that always sticks out in my mind was No Frontiers and Catherine Thomas on a Sunday evening, a Sunday night. Like, who didn't dream of having her job? <laughs> you know, I think there's it's probably anyone who's listening to the radio now is nodding in agreement. You do, it was like pre-social media, obviously you'd see this glamorous blonde-haired Irish woman from Carlo jetting off around the world and presenting a television program from luxurious and gorgeous holiday resorts. I just thought like if ever I could be anything when I grow up, put me down for that. <laughs> but you're big for the events as well. I see things like the Rose of and Eurovision, the big set piece events. Always. And I think we must be very Irish. Like, I always remember weekends were for the GAA. Dad would have the matches on. Uh, we'd always be sent out. We were never really encouraged to sit down in front of the telly uh, for too long. But definitely the family would come together. Yeah, for nights like that, both my parents are Kerry people from North Kerry and Ballyhigh. So the Rose of Tralee was like a week-long celebration. We'd go down to Kerry and we'd go into the festival and enjoy everything Tralee put on offer. Sometimes I've actually been to the live event in the Dome. So that was a big night of the year in our house too. Okay, so we're getting towards the end. So we ask every guest for something, anything, a cultural buried treasure, be it a movie, song, artwork, poem, book, anything like that, that you'd recommend. You've given us a couple of things and actually... I want to ask you a little bit about Moncon McGann used to be a regular on this programme. He used to do our travel spot back before the crash. Was he Catherine Thomas before Catherine Thomas was Catherine Thomas? I think Catherine <laughs> Thomas was doing it before that even. But Moncon used to do travel for us here on The Last Word and he was brilliant in explaining things from all over the world. He also did a travel show on TG Carr though. I think he got that after he used to do the stuff for us. Was it? Yeah. Well you, you gave him a start Matt. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy. Like do you know what for anyone that's curious about the Irish language uh, people text me often on Today FM and say I'd love to learn you know, or practice my Kupla Fuck a little bit more. Uh, Mancon is a great place to start. Any of the books he's written, he's got one called 
is it 42 words for field? I hope I'm getting yes. that right. Yeah. And uh, it's a great kind of coffee table book. You can open it on any page and each page is as interesting and fascinating as the next. It's basically like a dictionary of these amazing Irish words. Some we've lost, some are no longer in our conjunct or vocabulary and uh, brilliant explana- explanations for them all. And it's, I, I think it's fantastic. Get a, get a little podcast plug in there as well, will you? I will. Okay, How to Gael is this fantastic podcast by three girls, three friends that work at DG Cahar, Michelle Louise Cantillon, Thirini Glachon and Shivani Rourke. We are in about our 14th week, Matt, and uh, it's great. We discuss how-tos. Uh, we don't really figure anything out, but we do it bilingually, so it's a good place to come to Excellent. practice your cupola vocal. But we want to finish with a bit of music again, because yes. you want to finish with a little bit of Lancome. Yeah, I think that they're one of the most underrated gems this country has to offer. Uh, If you want a really good recommendation, and I mean, it is so tough to get a ticket to a gig, but if you can, go watch them. It is a shamanistic experience. It feels like something I just can't actually put into words. You just have to be there, see it, feel it, to believe it. They are incredible. And uh, I think they, they tell stories and celebrate our culture through song like no other Irish band do. Lancome, let's hear a bit of Bear Creek. Lancome to finish Louise Cantillon's Culture Club and thank you so much for joining us and enjoy from next Monday your lunchtime show every day here at Today FM. Carmela Mahogat Matt. The last word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4 30. Today FM.